G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, what various governments around the world are offering in terms of some COVID 19 stimulus packages? Uh, what's Putin been up to, speaking of leadership around the world? And why don't they market to over 50s more? Uh, but before any of that, uh, foreign Air New Zealand and his uh, two fifty grand pay cut. Oh dear, oh dear. Do you think old Greg Foran's feeling bad this morning? Greg, who's been running Air New Zealand for about five minutes, and as far as I can work out, has spent the opening days cleaning planes and taking a pay cut. Must be wondering if his luck has turned. There he was at Walmart, living the American dream when the chance to run a smallish airline back home came up, so he takes a massive pay cut, arrives, watches COVID arrive on the next flight, and the next thing you know, he's coughed up a quarter of a million dollars in salary to... Well, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, what actually is it designed to do? Whatever it is, Alan Joyce, who runs a slightly larger airline called Qantas across the Tasman, clearly saw the gesture and has upped it. He's given up his salary, apparently, for the rest of the year, and he's on millions, many of them. So back to the question, just what does a boss giving up income actually do? I mean, the virus is no one's fault. Could be China's, of course, but maybe we'll deal with that another day. Uh, but it's certainly not Air New Zealand's fault, and it's certainly not Qantas's. So in a world where CEOs are held to account, not only socially, morally, legally, but also financially, why are they penalising themselves for something beyond their control? Obviously, it's a gesture, a team-building exercise. Maybe it's to negate that time-honoured obsession some have towards those that earn large pay packets, that if it really hits the fan, is it right the top person earns millions while a bunch at the bottom get laid off? There's no doubt airlines are at the sharp end of all of this. They face the harshest of realities. I mean, one, it's perfectly safe to actually fly, yet lots don't believe that. And two, even if you do believe it, you're limited to where you can go now. But given we're all in this together... It is the practical stuff that will get us through, being realistic about the disease and the chances of getting it, realising panic buying is for idiots, realising that Asian restaurants can still be eaten at, giving up a chunk of your wage strikes me as impractical, doesn't solve anything, doesn't pay for anything. It's not like Alan can keep an extra Sydney to Hong Kong flight on because he's not getting paid. The last person in doesn't get to hold their job for the rest of the year because Greg took a 15% pay cut, unless they know, of course, that everyone's going to get a 15% pay cut and they're just not saying that yet. Which brings up another point as we wait for the government to actually detail the rescue package. Air New Zealand, along with most New Zealand corporates, should be able to weather this thing without any real drama. They are profitable, have had a decade at least of rare success, and if you tip up over one bad year, you've not been running your business properly. Which is why the government won't be helping them, and nor should they. Yes, these are tough days, but they're not fatal days, or anywhere close, so maybe... Less of the dramatic gesture. Mind you, I guess if all the uh, overpaid CEOs uh, whacked a big lot off their pay, maybe it would help. It's like a telethon, you know. I, I see your 15% and I take 20% off mine. Not sure where it's all going, though. Uh, is, will it be part of the government's aid package, which they still haven't announced yet. Yeah, so this package is going to be interesting and the pressure is on. Australia's not delivered one yet, so they're coming shortly. That's tomorrow, we think, in Australia. Japan, overnight, $7 billion. Things like zero-interest loans for businesses affected, uh, no collateral up front. Uh, Reserve Bank of Scotland, uh, not the Reserve Bank, the Royal Bank of Scotland in Britain, uh, they're forgiving mortgages for people who have been hit. Italy's forgiving mortgages uh, for people who have been hit. Uh, some guy yesterday was claiming that what they need to do in Australia is give $7,780 to every single Australian right here, right now. Professor Steve King, University of College of London, throw money into the economy, give it to everybody. It buys food, it's out in the... I mean, most people will spend money. If you were given $7,780, you would spend it. You wouldn't 
hoard it away. So those are the ideas. So it's going to be fascinating to see what the government finally come up with. But as somebody said on Australian television, uh, the trick is to err on the side of abundance. I like the line, err on the side of abundance. Not exactly clear how that figure, 707, was it $7,780? But how did they, don't get me wrong, I will take it if somebody offers me that. Um, and the, and the, to answer what I would do with it, uh, mostly bourbon, I suppose. Oh, no, I have a bit of extra money suddenly in my pocket. Just... It goes on bourbon usually, and that'll definitely help me feel better about things. Uh, Putin, speaking of uh, what world leaders are doing, what is he doing? You know who we should be paying attention to? Who's probably one of the slipperiest and yet clever operators in the political world at the moment? Vladimir Putin. You notice how, with all that's going on in the world, with the possible exception of the last couple of days of the oil scrap between Russia and the Saudis, you really don't hear about Russia, you don't hear about Putin. And just quietly behind the scenes, uh, he's given the nod, given a speech overnight that will um, give him to constitutional change that will keep him in power until 2036. So by the Constitution currently, he's got to step down by 2024 when his second sequential and fourth presidential term ends. That alone should be alarming the rest of the world, but it doesn't appear to. So he's given his what they term a reluctant blessing to the proposed change, whatever. Uh, they're going to have to vote for it in April, but you know how they vote in Russia. They do what they're told. And that would allow him to serve another two back-to-back six-year terms, at which point if he sees the whole lot out, he will be 83. Basically, he's ruled Russia his whole life. And you know he's an isolationist, and you know he's trouble, and you know his background, yet nobody seems to be remotely bothered by it, and yet they're one of the biggest, most powerful countries, and certainly one of militaristically speaking, one of the biggest and most powerful countries in the world, and he seems to be getting away with whatever he wants, and no one seems to care. Why is that? It's sort of a bit the same way that you run this station. Now that you mention it? Yeah, I mean, when you're super successful, uh, you can do what you want. Um, it, things tend to go a little bit sour when the success starts to wane, though. So that's the only trouble uh, with that. Uh, mind you, he started before, he, well before he was 50. Now he's in the over 50s market, isn't he, old Hoss? All the ins and the outs. It's the biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. A bit of insight for you this morning into what they seem to have discovered is a bit of marketing, a marketing blind spot in this country. So this is research from the communications company WPP. What they've found is less than 2% of briefs received from markets uh, target the over 50 demo. So in other words, um, the over 50s they ignore. That's despite the over 50s having nearly half the country's disposable income. They outspend millennials in entertainment and travel and hospitality. A report also claims 94% of the over 50s don't like the way they're marketed too. Uh, 92% claim they're open to trying new brands. 78% research and buy products online. Almost two thirds say they're in the best years of their lives. And I'll have much more to say on this extraordinary insight after seven o'clock. It's one of my pet peeves. Of all the pet peeves I have, this is one of my great pet peeves, having applied my trade in uh, the demographics game in radio for the last 38 years. So it's Well, especially given how old you are as well. Precisely. I, and I am in the prime of my life. Let me tell you here, I am in the prime of my life. I completely misread this story uh, when it was talking about the briefs that they're getting, and I thought that they were marketing briefs for over 50s. No, and shouldn't. I thought, well, that's <laughs> going to be a hard sell. Because you really you want a more practical undergarment at that age, surely. That is so true. A supportive undergarment is what you 
you want at that age. And like any grumpy old man, of course, uh, he thinks he's definitely been hard done by. So much so, uh, he did a whole comment piece at prime time about this very same subject. One of the oddest things about this industry, in which I applied my trade for 38 years now, has been the ongoing obsession with the 25 to 54-year-olds. That's called a demographic. And the 25 to 54-year-olds are your demo gold mine. Occasionally you'll see a number like, I don't know, 18 to 39 or 18 to 44. But 25 to 54 is where the real action has always been at. And I've never understood why, because it's always struck me as patently obvious that people over 50 are where the money is. So why were they so obsessed with 27-year-olds, I used to wonder. And every time I inquired, there was some far-fetched whiteboard-backed pie chart of some BS justifying the 25 to 54 obsession. Well, blow me down. The Secrets and Lies report at last exposes this myth. The company called WPP, as I mentioned earlier on, they've done the work. And what have they found? Well, they have found that 94% of over 50s say they don't like the way that brands communicate with them. Over 50s account for 34% of the population. They've got 59% of the private wealth and access to 49% of the disposable income. Why have they taken this long to work out what was staring at them in the face for decades? Why have they never, as indeed I have, simply looked at their own personal circumstances and figured it all out? Why is News Talk ZB, for example, the biggest, most successful station in the country? Because it skews 50 plus. It deals with an audience that's involved in news and ideas and an audience that's got money and time and comfort and luxuries. I sit here at 55, for example. I look at my circumstances compared to when I was 25. It could not be more stark. I'm an advertiser's or a marketer's dream. Not for everything, obviously. I'm not into gaming or drinking Coke, but the people who have the money, what do they do? They buy the cars and the trips and the investments and the insurance and the houses. What part of that's been a mystery to the advertising industry? Why have they been chasing what essentially are kids with nothing but debt and a Friday night to look forward to? The reality is today's 25 is not the 25 when I was 25 in 1990. In 1990, I was on to at least my second house, if not third. I had debt, yes, but was fluid, well paid, going places, had plans. That part of your life has shifted for many well into their 30s now. Just making ends meet is one of life's major skills and challenges these days. The luxury of marketers bombarding you with lifestyle choices, products and temptations is fantasy. If you go where the money is, go where the money has always been. The part of life where the mortgage is gone, the kids are gone, the savings are growing, the car is a nice one, the holidays are slightly exotic and the wine is more than $7.99 a bottle. Extraordinary, it needs a report to reveal the bleeding obvious. Uh, so I'm 46... You're 47 later this year. So just another three and a bit years and my kids will be gone? Is that what he's saying? Can, can he, is he promising that? I'm Glenn ZB, living in hope. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll see you back here again tomorrow, you old buggers. Yeah.